So how would you describe a podcast like The Shared Desk? It's a podcast that took its sweet time to do a promo. <laughs> yeah, well, I think that goes without saying. I mean, you could say The Shared Desk is a podcast about collaboration, because that's what we do. Wait, 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 wait. There's a lot more to The Shared Desk. You got our Loot Crate looky loo. Oh, what's in the box? And then what we're doing when we're not writing, usually it's pretty nerdy. Nerd! And then there are the drop-ins. Has the whole world gone crazy? Yes. There are drop-ins. And we love having guests on the show. It's the shared desk after all. And if it's Katie or Lauren, you get some lovely singing as well. So find The Shared Desk on iTunes, Stitcher, or at thesharedesk.com. The Shared Desk. Two writers. One podcast. Different different points points of view. Greetings from TG Geeks webcast where... Ben. And Keith, the two gay geeks, talk about all aspects of geekdom and nerdery. Sci-fi, comics, film, horror, genre. You name it, we talk about it. Find our episodes each week on tggeeks.com. Visit our Facebook page, TG Geeks Webcast. On Google Plus and YouTube, look for us as Two Gay Geeks. You can tweet at TG Geeks and at the Two Gay Geeks. Or call our feedback line at 469-TG-Geeks. That is 469-844-3357. Happy listening. Peace. Cheers. Hello, my name is Joe Hogan. Many of you know me as Epic Grays in various video games and social media. Welcome to episode 138 of Geektitude, a geek culture podcast that celebrates the inner geek in all of us. Ray is off changing the world by getting people admitted into his college. So today I am joined by Capsule J, the, uh, one of the newest members of the geek to geek Media Network. How are you doing, Capsule J? Hey, man, I'm doing all right. Um, well, first of all, welcome to the network. It's been fun having you on uh, on chat with us the last couple of weeks and uh, <laughs> checking into your stream. Um, since you're since you're new, why don't we um, get to know you a little bit better? Go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, sure. Uh, first off, I want to say I'm very excited to be here. Uh, this is my first time appearing on a podcast. Well, I've, as Joe mentioned, I've done streams, blogs, other stuff like that. First podcast. So I'm going to ask you, Joe, to be be a little gentle with me here. Um, <laughs> as for about me, well, um, first and foremost, I'm a gaming blogger and streamer. Um, I also do some cosplay, um, go to some cons, you know, kind of the classic geeky off-time activities. Uh mm-hmm. People in the network might also know me because I do our moderation on Reddit and Discord, as well as our anime club activities, which I'm sure some people have heard about and hopefully want to get involved in. I'm, uh, I'm still I'm still working on my husband on the anime thing. He's not a big animation guy, so uh, yeah, that can be a challenge. Uh, 
Because I guess, do you guys watch your TV shows, like you both agree on a show and then watch it together? You don't have like separate cues of... No, no, they're like, we have so little time that we kind of have to negotiate the... Uh, um, yeah, we have to negotiate the TV viewing. But l- luckily, there's enough crossover in our tastes that we, we find stuff that we do really enjoy. But I know there's like a, a whole thing that I'll try and watch when he's not here. And there's a whole set of things that he watches when I'm not here. So, But we don't, mm-hmm. we don't get those times very often. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. Uh, let's see. Outside of like geeky hobby stuff. Um, I'm not going to get too much detail into it, but I'm an engineer, so I'm kind of a professional geek. Uh, so if you ever hear or see me geeking out about like math and science stuff, in addition to the video games and anime and whatnot, that's why. Awesome. Um, and something some people might be wondering about when they hear the name Capsule J, where that comes from, it's from my childhood favorite video game, which is called Kirby Superstar for the Super Nintendo. Oh, cool. I, I remember that game. That's a fun game. <laughs> That's like one of my desert island games, you know? Yeah. Yeah, the Kirby the Kirby franchise is fun. Yeah, it's just like a good, pleasant time. Um, oh, by the way, feel free to call me Jay for short if that's easier on the air. No, oh, perfect. Perfect. Um, so do you have – I know video games are very big for you. Um, do you have any specific um, geek fandoms that you kind of delve into hardcore? Let's see, uh, putting games aside for a moment, since we'll be talking plenty about those, anime is my next biggest one, and it's kind of one that I put on uh, hiatus for for probably several years. I want to say, like, at age about 17, I'm like, I'm too mature now for anime. <laughs> and then uh, I ended up having a business trip to Japan, and, like, many, many years later, and then I just got sucked back in, and I've been desperately trapped in the anime pit ever since that's awesome i love when you can find something or rediscover something that you used to love and yeah i think that's that's kind of the best type of geeking out um do you have it yeah i was just saying i think i uh, i had this like time in college where i think i wanted to try to be less geeky so i tried to like shave geeky things down a little bit you know mm-hmm. and then as i like got out in the world after school i kind of rediscovered and fell back in love with a lot of that stuff all over again. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, welcome back to the, <laughs> welcome back to the drive. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> um, do you have any areas where your geekitude is not very high, where you, uh, you know, when the conversation starts, you kind of whistle and scoot away. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. I have, I have quite a few like, cause uh, so for me, if you make like a pie chart, like most of the pie is full of video games. And then there's like a decent sized chunk of anime. And then absolutely all other zones of geekiness get crammed in that last little sliver. Gotcha. Like, uh, I don't know, just, you know, as, as a, as a working adult and all that sort of stuff, I decided that rather than be like a generalist and spend five minutes a day reading comics and five minutes doing, you know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> I got decided to like dig deep into the games and a little bit into the anime and then, most of the other stuff fell by the wayside. So like when I hang out with other geeks where I really get stuck is uh, TV shows mm-hmm. and celebrities. Okay. So like certain, so for example, like when I listen to some of the podcasts on this network, when there's like sections that are about those two topics, like I enjoy listening to it because 
everyone is so friendly and entertaining, but I'm sometimes like, I don't know who these people are. They're talking about. <laughs> All right. I'm going to, I'm going to let you peek behind the curtain. I am terrible with celebrity names. I mean, there's some that I, you know, obviously Chris Evans and, you know, all the Chris's and different people that are just have become really big in the geek world. Totally no. But when I am up against Ray and Ray's just throwing out these names, I always, anytime we podcast, have IMDb open and like quickly Google the person. I'm like, who is that? Okay, I kind of know who that is. So yeah, Ooh, I'm right tip. there with you. <laughs> I think like, uh, like I'll, I'll call them out here a little bit. Like if I'm listening to like, Tea Time with Katie and Chelsea, which I really enjoy, but I need to like have the IMDB page open on the other page so mm-hmm. I can like follow along. Yeah. But at the same time, like listening to air about areas of geek geekery that you don't really understand is kind of like educational in a way, you know? Oh yeah. Well, and it lets you it lets you hang with the tribe, even if you aren't like like I, I I have watched very little Doctor Who, but I know what a Dalek is. I know what the TARDIS is. Like you get if you can get the generals out, you can be like, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. Um, out of all the different fandoms out there, do you have one that's your absolute favorite? I know that's like picking children, but. Oh, well, I'd be a terrible parent because I like of like when you sent me the list of like questions that I should like think about going into this, the one that took me the least amount of time to think about was this one. Uh-huh. So it's hands down Nintendo. So specifically like in the video game world, Nintendo kind of comes first and then like everything else video game related is is afterward. Now, do you have a favorite property within the Nintendo sphere? See, now, maybe that's where the children analogy comes through, because now that gets difficult. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, probably Zelda. Very nice. But I, I really love all of them. Very cool. Very cool. Um, my husband and I uh, went as uh, Mario and Luigi this year for Halloween, so we, we enjoyed Nintendo. Oh, that's fantastic. Uh, my wife and I were, um, we decided to really dig into the, like, Nintendo meme lord world, Um uh, my, my wife's a gamer too, so it's kind of and a cosplayer, so we sort of do those things together. That's awesome. And uh, we dug into the Smash Brothers memes a little bit and the Nintendo memes of the time. So I was Waluigi, mm-hmm. and she was um, Bowsette, which is a like gender bent Bowser. Mm-hmm. That's neat. Those are fun. Like I, I think we will probably have to have you on again for for like cosplay because. Uh, that's an area that I just find fascinating. And there's so much, so many different directions people go with it that, and it, that there's so much art involved in it. I just think it's kind of amazing. Oh yeah. Um, I have to have to, to gush on my wife a little bit, but man, some of the stuff she makes, like they'll just be, it's almost kind of dangerous because we do it in the kitchen and it'll be like, all right, so which vat is the tomato sauce and which one is the red dye for the blood stain? <laughs> blood, you know, <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, I can imagine that would be a problem, like making sure that everything's properly labeled. <laughs> um, do you have anything that uh, that you really love but isn't very popular, but you're like, it should be, and darn it, I'm going to try my hardest to make it? Oh, man. Yeah, there's. Uh, it's hard for me to like pick one in particular, mm-hmm. but if, if I had to rattle like... I play a lot of kind of obscure Japanese games and I like indie games a lot. So 
for example, in the Japanese game world, I really like a game series called Ease or Ease. Mm-hmm. And in Japan, it's very popular, but it's not that popular in the U.S. But it's kind of, for me, that perfect like Venn diagram of things I like because it's gameplay-wise sort of Zelda-like kind of action RPG, action adventure. And it has beautiful anime artwork and heavy metal music. <laughs> nice. And I'm like, somebody in Japan made this for me. That's so cool. I always want to tell people about it. That's cool. Yeah, it's always nice when you can find that little sweet spot that you're like, everybody must know about this because it's just too cool to keep to myself. <laughs> um, you're a very busy guy, but do you have uh, stuff other than the stream that you're working on? Uh, yeah. Uh, hold on a second here. My computer just froze up. Sure. Hmm. Yeah, sorry about that. Apparently, Zencaster doesn't keep my computer from falling asleep, so I have to keep moving the mouse. Ooh, okay. All right, sorry for breaking the flow there a little bit. No, that's okay. Um, we just we just put the little number on the on a piece of paper, and when I edit, I just take it out. Um. So I'll go. I'll go again. Um. You're a very busy guy. Uh and I know you, you stream quite a bit, but do you have anything else that you're working on right now? Uh, let's see outside of streams. So, um, well, let me tie into my last answer to a question. I was talking about the, the ease games. So I only discovered that series fairly recently. So while this is sort of a streaming and blogging related thing, I've kind of made it my mission to play every single game in that series. So that's kind of like one of my macro projects among my kind of activities. And uh, I have this sort of other sort of project I do called um, Gaming Shames. Okay. Where, like, games are my thing, but there are certain, like, major super popular games that I, like, have never played and know nothing about. So I try to go back and dig into some of those. So I kind of keep a list when I hear games come up a lot um, and then, like, go back to those and then maybe write about my experience or do a stream. Very cool. Yeah, it's always fun to to kind of. I love I love the gaming shames. I'm trying to remember there was a, a a WoW podcast back in the day that had the um oh I think it was yes it was um the Dark Moon Herald and they had a segment called um, the Sideshow of Suck and it was where people would write in with like the complete bonehead things that they would do even they though they'd been playing the game for years you know they did this kind of old noob um mistake and i think it's always fun to kind of like admit when you (laughs) when you don't know something or or didn't do something as well as you probably should have with your background and and kind of let people know yeah we all we all have those moments well very neat very cool um we are going to be talking a lot about um video games. So that's what we're going to talk about as our main section. Uh, but right now we're going to move on to our weekly geekery. And um, since you are a math and science geek, uh, you might be interested that I played hooky yesterday from work because a friend of ours got tickets to tour JPL. Ooh. Yeah, it was really cool. Um, they, I'm not somebody who like geeks out about space a lot. Like I don't follow NASA, you know, as closely as I know some other people do, but they, um, 
Like when they talk about the rovers, I'm still picturing like the little one that they launched when I was in high school, a little box thing. And sure. they've gotten a lot more complicated than that. <laughs> um, so they, uh, you know, they showed us how the, the latest one landed. And because they had extra parts from that one, they went to Congress and asked for more money and said, Hey, we're, we're going to make a second one. And so we actually got to go above the, clean room and look through the windows and you could see all the pieces of the rover and the capsule that delivers it like just laying out you know you could like literally they've they've been showing you this video of how they get the the, these suv size rovers onto the onto planet mars and then you you get to see all the pieces kind of just disassembled on this clean room floor and it's like in like 18 months, that thing's going to be going out into space and it's eventually going to be on the moon like, or on uh, Mars. So that was, that was really cool. I've never, never experienced anything like that. Man, that sounds awesome. That sounds like a, a great way to play hooky. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I even told my principal, I was like, I totally played hooky yesterday, but I went to JPL. So I figured that's okay. <laughs> She's like, yeah, no, that's a, that's a good excuse. Um, I mean, that's like the nerdiest way to play hooky. You're like, oh, I, I skipped school to do other science and math stuff. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And it, it's funny because my my husband was a little uh, bit like surprised that it was like, as, as he said, it was kind of like they took you from visitor center to visitor center instead of kind of touring the entire campus like you would a, a university. And, um, and I was like, no, this is geared for, this is geared for like school tours. So they're going to show you kind of the colorful models and the, you know, the, the, the things that are going to educate is going to be a very educational tour, but you know, at least it ended with that cool, you know, look into the, into the clean room and, and the pieces of the, of the Rover. So that was cool. Yeah, it sounds great. Um, how about you? What have you been up to this week? Let's see. So outside of game stuff, my weekly geekery, um, as I was saying before, I'm a pretty big anime fan. And uh, this week and last week are the start of the winter anime season. So I've been watching some pilots of new anime series. Uh, This season has been a little hit or miss for me, but uh, there's some interesting stuff out there. So that's been fun. Uh, I watched one called uh, Magical Girl Asuka Spec Ops. Okay. And it's like a dark take on magical girls because it takes, you know, like Sailor Moon kind of magical girls. Mm -hmm. But the magical girls have already defeated all the monsters. And then it's like, well, then what do they do? Oh. And is it is it kind of like like the this idea of, um, you know, the mundane after existence of these people or are they finding are they finding new battles and things? That's kind of the thing where it's like, I'm, I'm not sure how I feel about it yet because they sometimes get dragged into things like military conflicts or fighting terrorists and stuff. Uh-oh. So it's, it's really bizarre because there's like, they're fighting bad guys that have AK-47s and stuff and they're throwing magical hearts and moons and stuff at them. It's, it's really weird. Um, but it was interesting. But I, I don't know yet if it'll be good or not. Like if it'll be bigger than its premise. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, so that's kind of the one that stood out to me the most. Um, see, I watched In This Corner of the World, which is our anime film selection for the Anime Club. 
so I encourage everyone to go watch that. I'm not going to talk too much about it on here. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a really fantastic movie, and that could be a good one to try to get your husband into because it's definitely not a kids movie. Okay. But at the same time, it's not like violent, edgy anime either because usually anime goes one extreme or the other. Right. But this is like a grounded historical drama that just so happens to be animated. So that could be a good uh, dipping the toe in the water point. Yeah, that that I might I might suggest that I'm putting it on my list. Um, now you're this, this is the one that we're doing for the, um, anime club, right? Right. Uh, how does that work? Because we've just started announcing it on the show and I don't know that a lot of people, you know, there might be people out there who don't know what it is. So could you go into like how, how you guys do that? Uh, yeah, sure. So, well, it's kind of an ever evolving thing. Uh, we started this on Discord now, I mean, not Discord, Reddit, a little bit over a year ago when we realized that among the Reddit, active Reddit users in the geek to geek community, a lot of us liked anime. We happened to be watching some of the same things at the same time. So we kind of formed this little group and we would pick out either a series or now a movie and we'd all just kind of resolve to watch it during that season and then get on Reddit and now Discord. Mm hmm. And after we've seen it, kind of just post our thoughts about it and discuss it. So, uh, yeah, if people want to take part in that, um, in this corner of the world, it's on Netflix. And then after you've watched it, either go on Reddit where we have a spoiler thread discussion, or you can get on Discord and there's an anime club section and you can post in there. Though I, I do ask if people want to talk about the movie on Discord. Discord doesn't really have a great way of separating spoilers, so... Keep that in mind. Either use the spoiler tags or uh, maybe like write in a separate page and then link it in the Discord just so you don't spoil people who want to use the Discord normally. Yeah, that's a, that's a good tip. Cool. Anything else you've been working on this week? Uh, let's see. For the network, I just this is this is some real like inside baseball kind of stuff, but I just implemented a Discord bot because we were getting flooded with spam bots for a little while. So we now have a bot that sends a CAPTCHA challenge to each new member. And if they don't successfully like type the you know characters in the image, it won't let them post. Nice. And we haven't had any spam since. So but I had to do a little like command line kind of stuff that I haven't done in a long time. So that was kind of fun, but it was a challenge as well. But I think it'll make the community a little bit stronger. That's awesome. And and thank you, by the way, for for moderating, because I I, there are a lot of things that I'm perfectly happy to do, but moderating is not one of them. <laughs> That's one area of geekitude that I do not have. <laughs> um, I have to say our community makes it so easy though. Like we have so many genuinely like nice people. Like I've, I've really haven't ever had to like kick somebody out for like bad behavior or anything like that. Mostly it's just about keeping out bots and spam and that sort of stuff. Yeah, no, we have a, we have a very cool community and, and it's, it's kind of neat that, that with between Slack, discord and Reddit, um, there's really kind of no way you can't get a hold of one of us if you're interested in, in chatting. And so that's, it's kind of nice to, to be able to have, um, uh, the whole reason why I got into podcasting in the first place was to to meet and and talk with other geeks. So it's just cool that now we've gotten to a point where we're, you know, we've got a big enough audience that we can have those conversations and and it's leading to all sorts of other things. So you know, I I, I love our our community that we've got going. 
Uh, I had one last geeky thing, just because you may have seen it, and if you have, I'm curious. Are you familiar with the movie based on the video game Doom, starring The Rock? I, I knew it existed, but it did not look like it was going to be good. So I don't think I ever went any further towards it. Your assessment is definitely accurate, <laughs> but at the same time, like there is entertainment value to be had from it, but it is not a good movie. <laughs> well, now I think you've, I think you've heard a couple of our episodes. Has it crossed over? Has it circled around from bad to so bad? It's good. I think so. Um, though I have a little bit of bias. So like, that's a movie that my wife and I watched together just the other day and we both played doom together. So like on one hand, uh, it's kind of a terrible movie, but at the other hand, you could tell the people that made it have played enough doom to like drop in little references and stuff. Mm -hmm. So there's like kind of bad action movie, but also kind of like little nerd high fives throughout. So I thought it was worth watching, but yeah, it's a terrible movie. But I'd say if you're a fan of the game and you like so bad it's good kind of movies sometimes, then definitely go see it. That's awesome. Since it's it's on Netflix for free, so why not? Yeah, with um, that Doom was the one of the first Dooms. It may not have been the first Doom, but one of the very early Dooms was um, around uh, when I was in college, and that was like the the late '90s. So you know, the, the internet was, was still relatively new. And, um, but, but the, the dorms had people all connected and so they'd play. And <laughs> I remember there was, I wasn't playing, but some of the other guys on the floor were, and everybody had their doors open so they could shout to each other. Cause we didn't have the whole headset mic thing going yet. And, um, and somebody goes, dude, I need backup. I can only survive on pure manliness for so long. <laughs> the entire <laughs> floor, like you just heard everybody just break into laughter because all the doors were open. So everybody, like whether you, whether you were playing the game or even knew what the game was, like everybody was laughing because it was just such a, a wonderful line. Oh yeah. Yeah. I have fond memories of those like land party days. Uh, I guess I'm a little bit younger than you, so that would have been, more like high school for me or maybe even late middle school. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I, I have some fond memories of that sort of stuff as well. Awesome. Well, cool. Well, thank you for, for letting us get to know you and, and um, we're going to take a quick commercial break and then we're going to come back and we're going to talk all about video games. We'll be right back. Hello friends. This is Troidal Power inviting you to join me over on Twitch most weeknights sometime after dinner. Video games have always been a social hobby for me, with friends and family crammed together on a couch chatting away while someone holds the controller. And thanks to the power of the internet, I've got my own virtual couch over on Twitch, where you can kick back and goof off while I play games. Find me on Twitch by searching Troidal Power, that's T-R-O-Y-T-L-E Power, to snag a spot on the couch. 
Hi everyone, I'm Katie. And I'm Chelsea, and we are the hosts of Tea Time with Katie and Chelsea. We are two best friends who love pop culture and talking about pretty much whatever we want. Katie! Yes? Stop thinking about Zac Efron and tell our future listeners what some of our latest episodes have been about. Well, we've talked about Zac Efron. No, get it together, Katie. Fine. We've talked about fan fiction, classical literature adaptations, favorite TV couples, and so much more. So grab your cup of tea or whatever your drink of choice and download our podcast today. I'm Void. And I'm Beach. And together, we're the geek to geek podcast Well, we make it. It is kind of us, but I guess it's separate. Every week, we pick a topic from geek or digital culture and chat about it for a while. And you're invited. We talk about books and movies, games, comics, the internet. Or really whatever we feel like. Yeah, that too. So look for the geek to geek podcast on iTunes. Or wherever your podcasts are sold. Or downloaded. Or whatever. And we're back, and um, today we're talking about video games. And that's a very broad topic, but we're going to just start. We're going to see where it takes us. So, Jay, what? how did you get into games? Like, what was the draw? Man, so like, I, I've really been, been a video game nerd probably before what I knew truly what either a video game or a nerd was. Like, some of mm-hmm. my earliest memories are are playing games with my grandmother. Um, so I'll get into a little bit of the tragic backstory here. Um, my, when I was about three years old, my grandfather was in the hospital and he, he was terminally ill, but he wanted something to do with his hands. Cause he was always like a works with his hands kind of guy, but at the same time he couldn't get up. So his nurse set him up with an NES, a Nintendo Entertainment System, in his hotel room, in his uh, hospital room. Mm-hmm. And uh, my memory of this is very vague, but I know my grandmother absolutely loved playing it with him. So she ended up getting one for the house and then ended up teaching me how to play Donkey Kong. And I've been addicted pretty much ever since. Uh, also, my mom used to work for a company that made arcade games. Mm-hmm. So I got a little exposure on that side. That's awesome. Yeah, we talked about this a little bit when we were setting up the the podcast. And um, my my beginning with video games started with grandparents, too, because my grandpa was a TV repairman. And so he would always try and get the latest electronics so he could take them apart and put them back together again. I mean, we had VCRs that were like top loading with um, remote controls that like were just like a stick attached to a long cord with like two buttons on it. Like, like this is back in the day where where cable TV was one channel, but he had it because he had to know how all this stuff worked. And so he had um, he had one of the original Atari systems, and so I. I remember sitting around playing the two games that like we would all kind of play like often it would be my brother and I playing but you know somebody would jump in all the time and mom you know my dad everybody would 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 take part and we played um Pac-Man which the Atari version of Pac-Man is crappy but Pac-Man and uh Cubert I think were the two that we played the most and that was way back in the day. We, I know we did Breakout and we did um, Warlords and 
there's just all sorts of little games that we would just, you know, every once in a while we'd go out and grandpa would say, Hey, let's go to the toy store and pick up a new game. And that's just, you know, it's, I don't, I, I don't think I remember a time that there wasn't a video game system of some sort in the house. I, I love this, uh, this commonality of, of gaming grandparents. Like that's, yeah, that's not something like you think I, of very much, you know? No. And to have two of us go, Oh yeah, my, my grandpa, your grandma, like that's awesome. Um, what are your favorite genres of video games? Uh, so I, I jump around a lot, but kind of the common threads are always uh, RPGs and platformers. And then maybe it's a little bit of like, every once in a while I'll play a shooter or an adventure game or something on the side, but those are kind of my, my two things. So, you know, your, your Mario's and your Final Fantasy and Zelda kind of stuff. Nice. Yeah, I... I <laughs> when we were talking about this, um, I, I was worried that I wasn't going to be able to keep up because I, I said I had quote unquote, very particular <laughs> game tastes, mm-hmm. but I guess it's not like genre specific. It's just like, I have my games. I have like my five games that I just kind of rotate through. And then every once in a while, somebody will convince me to try a new game and, um, and I'll try it for a little bit. But I inevitably go nope, and then I'll go back to my my comfort zones. But I, I I think in theory my favorite are RPGs, but like they have to be really simplistic RPGs because like Skyrim and um, Fallout like I'm given too many options. Like I I can't. I can't focus long enough on one task to get through the story. So like, I'll get like, I don't know, sometimes five hours in, sometimes two hours in, sometimes 12 hours in. And then I'll be like, you know what? I don't want to be playing this type of character. I'm going to play this type of character. And then I'll go back and go through it all over again. And, um, and then eventually I'm like, eh, I don't want to play this anymore. It's getting too repetitive. No, it's not getting too repetitive, Joe. You just need to complete the stupid game. <laughs> So that's I think where where I'm at. I love RP- I love stuff. I think I go to video games for story. Okay, yeah. Um, and so if it has a good story, I'm willing to stick with it. Um, but but it, you know, it also has to be simple. Like I'm I'm not I'm not good at, at things that that cause me to uh, make too many choices because I think video games are very much my my relaxing time. So so yeah. <laughs> something I kind of enjoy about games is uh, they take seemingly complicated tasks and break them into like digestible and measurable goals. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, if, if someone right now said, Hey Jay and Joe, uh, there's an evil wizard on the other side of the world and you have to go defeat him. You and I would just be like, what, Mm -hmm. you know, when a video game presents level one, do this level two, do that. Or even more abstract things, video games kind of break down into simple goals. Like, like imagine, so like in a video game, if it has like a relationship mechanic, like right now, I don't know if I have a 50% or an 80% relationship score with my wife. It's just kind Mm -hmm. of this abstract thing I have to figure out because that's life. And like video games, I think they're comforting to us as adults because they, they make those things easier. You know what I mean? Right. Right. Well, and there's, there's so many different things like, because there's so many genres and there's, there's really video games for everybody. 
Like, and and I think especially with like mobile games now, I think that's really kind of brought a lot of people into the gaming world. I don't think they necessarily consider themselves gamers, but I'm sorry if you if you play a lot of hours of Candy Crush, you're playing a video game. You're you're a gamer. Oh yeah, like that's that's kind of one of my like soapbox things is I'm very like I'm very opposed to the idea of game gatekeeping, you know, like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. if if Candy Crush is your thing and yeah, you dump a ton of hours into it, you're just as much of a gamer as someone that dumps an equal amount of time in a Fortnite or Call of Duty, you know. Um games are games and like for me, I know whether it's retro games, new games, casual games, hardcore games, like I like to dabble a little bit in all of those. And I think talking to people that are in all those different types kind of is like an enriching conversation. You know, I, I have some coworkers that like, maybe they just play Pokemon or something, but they're so passionate about it, you know, mm-hmm. that it's still interesting, even if that's not my thing specifically. And I, I just like how diverse of a, of a medium video games have become. I was I was scrolling my Facebook before we started, and there was um, a meme. It was from somebody's comedy routine who was basically like, "Whether oh, it's right here." He's like, "Video games do a thing that no other industry does. You cannot be bad at watching a movie. You cannot be bad at listening to an album, but you can be bad at playing a video game, and the video game will punish you and deny you access to the rest of the video game. No other art form does this. You've never been reading a book, and three chapters in, the book has gone." Uh, what's the major theme of this book so far? And you and you go, well, I don't know. And boom, <laughs> you can't go any <laughs> farther in the book. And so I think that's kind of an interesting thing because it is something that I feel like, you know, it's not necessarily something that you have to be quote unquote good at, but it does take for a lot of it being an active participant. And it's not just, you know, you don't let things happen to you. You're, you're actually controlling or involved in the media that you're participating in. And I think that's kind of a unique thing about video games. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, I think part of why, when I was talking before about an area of geekiness that's become more of a blind spot for me is TV, is I just have this feeling like if I'm going to be staring at a screen mm-hmm. for more than, let's say, an hour, I feel like I want to be engaging with it and doing something. And that's really something that only games provide. Right. Well, and that's, you know, it's funny because I I definitely know that I play video games to de-stress and to kind of escape. It's very it's very much escapism for me. And um, I've mentioned on the show before that I know how stressed I am based on what games appeal to me. And when I'm playing Sims 4, like I've told my husband, do not let me play Sims 4 for too long because what it means is I am... I am extra stressed out and I am hiding from the world by being somebody else's world. Um, but, but no matter what that stress level is or no matter what um, the, you know, the situation is, it provides the escape. And I do find myself going, well, I could do X or I could do more levels on a video game and not in an unhealthy way. I don't think I like drop off the face of the earth just to play video games for a week, but not that there's anything wrong with that, <laughs> but it definitely is. Um, 
you know, it's a comforting place where you can kind of go in and it's really mostly just you and the game and figuring out how to solve that puzzle or pass that level or get that weapon. And um, it takes your mind off of other stuff. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, and, and the way a game provides you with like a potentially false but still like sense of accomplishment. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, granted, if, if I read like a, a big thick book, for example, and I finish it, I do feel like I accomplished something. But it's not quite the same as a game. Because like you said, the book at no point ever checks your knowledge and then shuts you down, you know? Right. Well, and... I, I always look for for articles that talk about video games because I think they, you know, especially with education um, as a teacher, I think they get a bad rap. I've had principals when I've tried to start esports teams, you know, really kind of side eye me and go, "Well, you know, what's the educational value to that?" And it's like, "Well, set, <laughs> let's sit, let's sit a spell, <laughs> and I will talk to you about all the educational uses of video games." But, um, but I think that. You know, I find all these articles that are about how video games work, and they say, especially with MMOs, um, that if you play like, I think it was something like 15 or 20 minutes of a video game at the beginning of the day, it actually has positive effects because you have already succeeded in something in your day. Like if you've passed that level or you've leveled up that character, um, so it kind of puts you in the mindset of success. And so there's this study done that, you know, it actually showed that playing video games like for 15 minutes before you go to work or school in the morning can actually improve your confidence for the rest of the day. I could totally see how that would be. And uh, just from my own experience, like I've come to realize as I get older, I'm not somebody who's good at things. I'm just somebody who will keep trying something over and over and over again until I eventually get it. Mm -hmm. And I think that especially those like really difficult old NES games where you get killed and you have to go all the way back to the first level and try again. Right. I think that I growing up kind of applied that to difficult math problems, science, a lot of the stuff I ended up using in my education where other kids I know just kind of had a natural aptitude for me. And for me, I just kind of kept grinding, you know? Well, and and that's the thing. It's like not to get all, you know, kids these days, but, I see a lot of my kids, there's not a lot of stick to There's not a lot of, okay, that didn't work. What else can I do? You know, they hit one, one barrier and they're like, Ooh, yeah, I, I don't want to fail at this. So I'm going to stop. And I think the way we grew up with video games, it was very different. There weren't as many save points. You know, you, <laughs> if you had to go to dinner, then you had to turn off the TV and hope nobody turned off your NES because it was just paused. Um, Oof. Yeah. <laughs> bring back some painful memories when you say that but oh, go my, ahead <laughs> my, my dad turned off uh i forget what game my brother was playing because my brother out of the two of us my brother's the more hardcore gamer he's played everything but um but yeah he he was like like i don't know it may have been it may have even been one of the the marios but he was like i don't know four-fifths of the way through a game and my dad walked through in the middle of the night and was like oh that shouldn't be on and turned it off <laughs> Oh man. <laughs> but yeah, so there's you know the I I think I think we grew up with the idea of, you know, if you if you don't succeed, well you just find a different way of you know to approach it. And I think some games still have that, but 
they they don't have that whole you have to start all over from the beginning and push through you know you you have some safety zones if you're constantly saving you can always go back so you know i think i don't know there there's an, a lesson to be learned in all of that so I, I can't remember where i was reading this but there's this concept called like the grit factor that has to do with how often you'll try something unsuccessfully before you give up mm-hmm. and i was reading that that in kids is one of the like largest predictors of their success later in life is not necessarily their raw intelligence, but just the, the stick to as you put it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And, and uh, you're, you're, we were talking a little bit about how games nowadays more with frequent checkpoints and you can save anywhere and all that sort of stuff, infinite lives kind of get rid of that. But at the same time I've been noticing in the game industry there's kind of this this latent hunger mm-hmm. for the return of that. Um, in the indie space, I've been seeing a lot of roguelikes lately where it is one of those things where if you get killed, you get sent back to the beginning of the game. You lose all your items. And some of the more gentle ones, they send you all the way back to the beginning of the game, but maybe you get to keep one key item or something to make your next try just a little easier. Mm-hmm. And I have to say... Like I've noticed that like teenagers seem to really, when I'm watching uh, other people's Twitch streams and stuff, I noticed teenagers seem to really kind of gravitate towards those. So uh, you'd even say Fortnite is an example where you're trying to be the best of a hundred, and if you're not the last of that a hundred left, you get killed, and you know what I'm saying either win or you yeah, lose. It's it. yeah. that that same kind of thing. So I I think that's kind of making a comeback. Ironically, as someone with a lot less free time now. I've come to hate games like that where I'm like, come on, <laughs> yes. I got killed and I just lost an hour of progress. Screw you game, you know? <laughs> yeah, no, it's true. And and it's funny because you there's so much like learning there's so much learning that goes on when you're playing a video game. Like people don't realize that you're learning things, but you are. Like I I have been a computer gamer forever. It's I I really have not had consoles until you know since I was very very young, and um and most of the time I would just enjoy watching my brother play video games. Like I spent an entire like winter break watching him play one of the um, Prince of Persia games because it had like you know where you back up time. It was a very cinematic video game so i'm like oh, i like i like hanging out with my brother and he's really good at the game so i'm just gonna watch him play because the story's kind of cool oh i love that game by the way yeah it's just a fun <laughs> game so um so i don't have i don't have console skills i have keyboard skills mm. but i don't have console skills so when i got my switch like people were like you know going all off on on the um is it legends of the wild uh, Breath of the Wild. Breath of the Wild. Um, I got so frustrated with that game because I I don't I don't play video games with my thumbs. <laughs> like I play mm-hmm. video games with my my fingers, and and so it really I had to relearn how to play video games, and I'm still not good at that game. Like I went and started playing um, Mario because that was a little bit easier, and it was like okay, I'm getting the controls, I'm getting that muscle memory back. But there's learning that's going on, and there's that whole I've got to figure this out. You know, it's not it's not necessarily easy. Yeah, and they really are separate skill sets. Um, for example, in my household, 
my wife grew up a PC gamer and I grew up mostly a console gamer and got now I into PC games, but it kind of came later for me. Mm -hmm. So if it's a first person shooter, she is dead on boom, boom, boom with a keyboard and mouse. Mm -hmm. However, if we're playing like a kind of Mario platformer sort of game, she's much more likely to fall into a pit than I am. Mm hmm. And it's just because those different genres and those different input methods are so unique to their respective platforms and which one you grow up with really does affect. So like for me, I'm, I'll be playing a computer game with a, a keyboard and mouse and I'll get killed because I have to briefly look down mm -hmm. at the keyboard to say, Oh, it's G to throw grenades in this game, but it's shift in the other game, you know? And for, for her, it's like second nature. Yeah, I have a, I have a, um, and I've got a, I will have to at some point. In fact, I'm going to ask the fan base. This is a little, little bit of a, a divergent. I have a G13 um, gamepad controller that I play all my games off of. It's like, do you know what that is? G13, is it a Logitech? Yeah, Logitech G13. It's like a, for the people who don't know, it's, um, it looks a little bit like an old fashioned credit card reader with like a bunch of keys in the middle, but then it has a joystick to the side. So I can easily access the buttons with my four fingers, but my thumb can control the joystick. And so I can pretty much play any class in wow, because I know I always put my stun on the one key. I always put, and so I don't even, I, I never look at my left hand. My left hand just does what I know I have to do to get through a level um, because I've played it so much. But my question was, if anybody knows what a G13 is, they don't make them anymore. And mine is on its last leg. So I need, I need a comparable replacement and nothing out there looks like this or works like this. Everything that's new is a little bit more upright and the thumbs down and I'm going to have to relearn. I know, but if anybody has suggestions out there on what to replace my G13 with, I would much appreciate it. Uh, so I, I had to Google what a G13 looks like to make sure I was visualizing the same thing. And it looks like they do actually sell some competing products. I don't know if it'll exactly do what you need, but just looking at this thing, I'm like, Oh man, I feel like I would have such an easier time with PC games with a purpose made device where, I mean, still for me, the idea of like, that crouch might be mapped to my pinky. And, you know, when you're playing with a regular controller, most of your fingers aren't doing anything. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to use your whole hand at once. It's like your fingers are playing the piano, even though on screen you're blowing things up and whatnot, but the, the motion is so different, you know? Yeah. And it's, it's odd because I, I'm a very fast hunter pecker, but I, I don't full on type. I, I very mm. quickly, you know, I'm an, I'm an English teacher, so I know how to, I know how to very quickly hunt and pack. And I pretty much know where everything is, but I'm not, I don't classically type, but I'm telling you, I can, I don't have to ever look at my left hand and I know where every key is and I know what I'm going to do. And if I, if I don't, it, when you look at a regular keyboard for, for a lot of MMOs, one through zero are your ability slots. Well, you're not going to be able to reach all the way over to that zero without some effort or some looking down. So that's why that's why you use the gamepad because then it takes all of it and puts it in kind of like a 
calculator keypad configuration so that your fingers don't have to travel so far. But once you get that, like it, it makes it makes the keyboarding it makes the the PC gaming a lot easier. You're saying you're a hunt and peck typer. I think that's actually an advantage for you because uh, in my case, I'm a classically trained type typist where I like have my fingers on the home row keys at all times and all that sort of stuff. And that's why computer gaming kills me because you have your WASD for movement, which causes you to shift your fingers over a couple of spaces from the home row position. Mm -hmm. And that totally messes up because I, I, I'm always like, well, my index finger does this, this pinky does that, so on and so mm -hmm. forth. And it's all off just a little bit. And I, I, I've often considered remapping everything and shifting it back over to try to fix that so I can do that blind typing home row kind of thing. And uh, like I was saying before, my, my wife who's a much bigger PC gamer than I am. She's also a hunt and peck typist and she never gets thrown off by that. So, so I think it might be a strength after all for you. Nice. Well, well that's good to know. <laughs> so when people like criticize, you don't know how to type No, but I'm a really good gamer. <laughs> well, you know, when they're, when they're, when they're talking smack about your typing, just challenge them to a battle in doom or something and put them in their place and it'll all be good. Exactly. Right? Exactly. Um, you have on here the concept of a backlog and balancing game with adulting. And I, those are probably two different things, but I'm going to let you maybe expand on what you're talking about there. Oh, man. So uh, so my blog is called Tales, Tales from the Backlog, right? So I kind of always have this ongoing queue of games I'd like to play in the future. And actually, this I discovered the Geek2Geek media network Actually, because I did a Google search of the word backlog, I'm like, I can't be the only person writing about this and thinking about like this sort of inception of nerdiness where you're already playing video games. That's nerdy enough. But then you're also like making a schedule and lists and stuff of how you're going to play your video games. <laughs> Absolutely. Like that extra layer of nerdiness. So I was looking I, and I, it was almost like, a, am I OK? Why am I doing this? And I, I was just Googling the idea. And uh, I stumbled upon an early episode of the geek to geek podcast where they talk just about that topic. And I was kind of like, oh, there are other people like me. But uh, in general, just the whole backlog thing is kind of how how saying that there's like gaming shames, like games I need to go back and play that I missed from back in the day and how. I try to balance retro games and modern games. That's kind of the whole theme of my blog is sort of, I call it jumping back and forth through gaming history. Oh yeah. I mean, that makes sense because, because you also don't want to fall too far behind on what's current. So, you know, you have to kind of figure out how to split your time. Yeah, that's kind of uh, that, that's why I have this on the same line in our notes here as about gaming, like adulting and gaming or, or what have you, because there's no way you can play everything and like still go to your job and spend time with your spouse and pay the bills and, you know, everything else you have to mm -hmm. do. So the, like having that extra layer of organization is kind of, of a part of it. And also kind of accepting where you like, well, I'm just going to play the first few levels of this game and see what it's like. Or uh, part of how I got into Twitch is like, you go on Twitch and you watch somebody else play a game for a couple of minutes and you go, you know what? That's not yeah. for me. Or, or maybe you do latch onto it, but you kind of separate the wheat and the chaff because as busy people, you know, you don't have time to play games you don't like. 
Uh, I think Void from uh, the Geek to Geek podcast is like an expert at that. I have completely adopted his uh, phrase bouncing off of things because it's true. Like there are some things where you're just like, ew, no, uh, this, no, no, thank you. And, um, and I think it's really cool when, I mean, I, there are a lot of stuff out there. I think it starts with people say you have to finish all the, all the food on your plate. <laughs> like there's just some things that people feel like I have to, I've started it. I have to finish it. And like I'm an English teacher. I tell my kids all the time, unless it's a book I'm assigning you to read, which I'm not assigning you for pleasure. I'm assigning you for education. So you need to read it. But if you start reading a book and you're like, I don't like this book, then put down the book. Like you don't have to read it. Like it's just for entertainment. And if you're not being entertained, then don't continue with it. The, the sunk, the sunk cost fallacy of games, books, anything like that is something I've like, more and more as I, I get older, I've been learning to fight the, I've been trying to teach myself to bounce off things mm-hmm. actually, because it, at first it used to be, I'm like, well, I spent money on this game. I've already played levels one and two. Therefore I'm for some reason obligated to play the other 10 levels that come after it. And you don't get that time back, you know, yeah. like, I don't know. I don't know, know what, maybe it is the whole, you have to finish all the food on your plate or maybe the, uh, well, I could have been investing this money or doing some responsible thing with it that I spent on this game. So I got to get my money's mm-hmm, worth, mm-hmm. you know, and it's all these unhealthy kind of mindsets. So I've been trying to teach myself to bounce off of games as well. Yeah, I think it's an important thing because, again, we do have to adult, <laughs> unfortunately. And uh, and so, you know, why why spend time pushing through something that forcing yourself to like it that if if you don't have to? I did. We did that with. um the walking dead like like we just got to a point where like kind of like I, I i don't i haven't watched it i don't know what it is but the um i i it's enough of a meme at this point the japanese woman and the cleaning show you see oh Mar- go ahead i was saying uh marie kondo's uh the like, does it spark joy? Yeah. I can't remember what it's yeah, called. Yeah, it's something like that. But that's the that's the whole the whole premise is to you know hold something that you you own. If if it brings you joy, then keep it. But if it doesn't bring you joy, then throw it away. And um and you know I think that that is a very good thing to do with the entertainment that you invest in because if if you're doing it just because you feel like you have to, then it's not bringing you joy. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, with there's only so many hours you have in in a day, and like the the precious amount of it that is truly yours, you have to maximize it with what gives you a return, what gives you that cathartic feeling that you're often looking for yeah. when you turn to your whatever your geekiness is. Cool. Now, how long have you been streaming? So I've been streaming for about a year and a half, maybe almost two years. Uh, I got into it during the Four Job Fiesta a few years ago. Okay. Uh, you you yeah. may have heard Void talk about the Four Job Fiesta the on these podcasts. Only reason why I know what it is. Times. Okay. <laughs> but uh, so it's it's kind of I kind of stumbled into it. I I heard him talking about the Four Job Fiesta and Final Fantasy V. That's another one of my like desert island all time favorite kind of games. So I was like, oh, I can have an excuse to play my chi- one of my childhood favorite games again and give money to charity. That's awesome. 
So I had made some announcement on Twitter and on my blog that I was going to participate. And some people in my audience assumed that I was streaming it. And I was like typing out to them like, oh, sorry, you misunderstood. I'm just going to be writing blog posts and posting screenshots. I'm not going to stream. And I just stopped and I'm like, wait a minute, why not? Yeah. So I just kind of, I want to say it was same day. Like I signed up for a Twitch account. I was like, screw it. I, I have the equipment here. Uh, let me just start streaming this. And I've kind of been doing it ever since. That's awesome. Do you find it hard to, because I've tried a couple of times to stream, not with a lot of people there, but, but because I'm like, I'm just dipping my toe in the pool. Um, but I I don't, I don't narrate my life and I feel like that's the big thing with streaming is you kind of have to keep the conversation going. Does that ever provide, does that ever prove a challenge to you? Uh, well that's, even though I've been doing it for a while, that's something I'm still always kind of honing the craft of sorts because on one hand it's not radio. You don't have to fill dead air. The game makes music and noise and sound. you know, it's, so you don't have to be talking all the time. Uh, so it's it's all a matter of kind of looking down at that current viewer count. And if you have active chatters, so, so my approach at least, if I have people actively watching and chatting, I'm mostly talking to them. However, if the chat's quiet, I then kind of get into a narration or reaction mode where I am talking a little bit about what I'm doing or why. And uh, sometimes I do that to fill the chat. Like when I'm doing a Final Fantasy V four-job fiesta stream, since there's so much strategy involved with that, I will kind of get into a uh, kind of, well, you see, I'm equipping this guy with this stuff. Uh, That's one of those times when it is kind of useful to fill dead air. If you're in an RPG and you're on the equipment screen, because, you know, you got got four characters. Each one has separate helmet, armor, left hand, right hand, weapon, whatever, you're going to be in that menu a long time and there's going to be both no sound and no motion. Mm -hmm. So that's one of those times when I I do have to narrate. And that's kind of a skill I've been developing. And I feel like I've kind of gotten the hang of it now, but it's definitely easier when you have active chatters that you can just be interacting with. And that's, I think, when it's the most fun too. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Was it hard? Was it uh, like... Did you did you find it complicated to get started, or was it pretty intuitive once you like read a couple things about it? Uh, it's not. I feel like it is not as easy as it should be. Okay. I think, uh, for example, like if you can set up a podcast, if you can, if you if you have the patience to tinker with software a little bit, you can get it up and running. But I feel like we're at a point now where it should just be pressing one button Mm -hmm. and it just kind of happens and it's not quite there yet unless you're doing it from a console. Like Xbox has it integrated into it. I think PlayStation 4 does as well. But on PC, you still have to have like, well, this window is my game and this other window is Twitch and this third app that makes those two things talk to each other. Uh, So there was a little bit of tinker and I'm still always kind of changing my setup a little bit. Um, I know I'm, I'm thinking about getting uh, like a standalone microphone and a more proper headset and all that kind of stuff. Uh, but no, I'd say if people want to try it, just the most basic headset and microphone, and then you need to know how to use 
Twitch and another piece of software called OBS, which I think is like open broadcast system mm-hmm. or something like yeah. that, or open broadcast software. If you can get those two things up and running, it's not that hard to get started. That's cool. That's cool. Um, I mean, a lot of people do it, so it can't be that hard, but uh, <laughs> a lot of people do podcasts too, and I know that was setting that up as a pain in the ass. Um, I think we, we, we mentioned a little bit that like <laughs> you had a reaction when I said, he's like, well, we were talking about what games we play. And I said, well, I don't know how, how much I could talk about video games because I have very particular tastes. And I think I scared you. <laughs> <laughs> scared is the wrong word. I was like, like chin scratch, like intrigued. Like, <laughs> so, uh, I want to say Troidal, um, the the other streamer on our network, he was in that same chat as well, and I think we both kind of latched onto that that specific phrasing. I was like, oh, so Joe's a man of particular taste. I'm intrigued. <laughs> yeah, it's funny because like, really, no, no, it's not, <laughs> I don't really have these like highbrow games I play. I've been playing WoW for, for for like 12 years, so it's you know I just have I have my games and they're my comfort zone. You know, it's. It's wow most of the time. If if life is very stressful, I might venture into to Sims Four. Um, if when I when I hit the summer, I know I have a lot more time, so I'll I'll go into some new things. But um, you know, I got into XCOM last summer, and uh, over winter break, I got into um, on my Switch the um, uh, South Park, uh, the Stick of Truth. Which is just a, oh, yeah, it's a just one. a ridiculous game. It, it it's like that truly that does bring me joy. <laughs> like my my husband was actually intrigued by it. like he sat and watched me play for a while, which he never does. Like video games and him, not a good match. So for him to sit down on the couch and say, "What are you playing?" Um, like that that was pretty cool. I mean that one. It's like an interactive uh, episode of South Park. So. I, I could totally see how it appealed to him. Um, I haven't played it myself, but I watched my wife play it, and it was kind of the same thing. Yeah, and uh, one of my friends at, at work keeps saying, you have to play the next one. You're going to really like the next one because the next one's all superheroes. I know how you like superheroes. you got to play the next one. Like, I haven't finished this one yet. <laughs> I'll, I'll get to it. I'll get to it. Uh, there's an achievement in that game for for using every toilet in every building. And I know my wife and her friends, they were playing the second one together and they were intent on getting this achievement, like wandering into random houses on the map to try to see, oh, is there a toilet in here that's usable? We got to get this achievement. It was really funny. I, I, I figured that that's what it was because, you you know, you obviously can use every toilet. And I'm like, there's got to be an achievement. I don't know that I have the patience to go looking for everyone. Oh yeah, I'm not an achievement hunter myself, but some of the the some of the way the ways that achievements get people to play games differently is really interesting to me. Yeah, yeah, I remember when they added them to WoW, and people were like, "Okay, well, I'm going to go kill critters in this part of the world just because there's an achievement attached to it." And I'm like, okay, I'll go with you. Um, it does. It gives you other ways to explore the game, and I think that's I think that's a really ingenious way to to switch it up without necessarily having to add a lot of new content. Yeah, it's kind of a win-win because it like gives the player some like bragging points and more stuff to do. But on the side of the developer, they don't really have to change very much in the game. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, this isn't on our list, but I, I'm interested to see where where you fall. Um, uh, like, do you find that? Do you feel that the video game community is becoming less toxic, more toxic, kind of staying at the same toxicity level? Hmm, that's a hard thing to gauge. Uh, like, I, I used to think that it was getting more toxic, and then I saw people post uh, screenshots and excerpts from like mid nineties gaming magazines. And then I was like, Oh wait, either it's gotten better or that's just always been a component of it. And maybe it's a little easier to happen into the toxic parts Mm -hmm. uh, because of the internet, because people can more easily broadcast their toxicity when before, if you just didn't read the gaming magazines, you didn't see it. Um, Sorry. My computer froze up again. That's okay. Okay. Um, okay. I got it back now. Um, but yeah, you used to be able to avoid the toxicity. I think if you were careful and, and you can still do that on the internet now, I suppose. If, but, uh, you know, come to think of it, I think online games have kind of brought the toxicity out. So, I wonder if you had this experience when you were a kid where you'd like ask your parents to go to the arcade mm-hmm. and they would act like you were going to some horrible den of sin. <laughs> like, like, like they're like, Oh, that's where kids do drugs and all this kind of bad stuff happens. It all happens at the arcades. I mean, maybe that was just some fear mongering in my local community, or I don't know if that was a widespread thing. Um, but I, I feel like now, with online games, that toxic element is just accessible to everyone without having to go to a specific place or read a specific thing. So yeah, I'm not sure if it's more toxic. It's just easier to see it. Yeah. I, I, I would, would tend to agree. Um, yeah. And, and what, what made me think about that is, you know, we're talking about adding content and I'm, I'm, I'm constantly surprised by people who, kind of feel entitled to yell at developers for not giving them stuff. (laughs) Oh yeah. (laughs) I I just find that, I find that just kind of ridiculous. It's like, um, they gave you a game and you've obviously played it. So I think technically they could be done. And the fact that they're not, it's kind of cool. Yeah, yeah, I will say that that sense of entitlement to directors. And I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if you were a game developer back in the 80s, you were getting thousands of letters every day, people yelling at you, why didn't you make this game three levels longer than you did? Maybe that was still happening. Uh, but, the, but the ease and, and yeah, maybe the, maybe that level of uh, entitlement really has gone up now that you say that. That is kind of a new thing, I think, just because of how much how much easier our access is to people. Yeah. I mean, like you, you, it's funny because you go to like, you know, I've gone to BlizzCon, I've gone to other conventions that these developers have become personalities in their communities. And so, you know, they, they, they are kind of, you know, they just wanted to make a game, but Hey buddy, you're, you're now a public figure to these people and they feel like they know you and your product and they're going to take a very familiar stance with you. So sorry about that. Um, so as we kind of wrap up the, the discussion, 
do you are you've got any plans for for the the stream now that you're part of the network? Anything that you're looking forward to to trying out or or getting into? Uh, so, so I've had a couple of ideas. Something I want to do is I kind of want to have some some events that get the different podcasters or streamers or bloggers on the network doing something together. Um, Joe, you are of course welcome anytime you want to have an appearance on my stream, either in audio form, whether you want to play a game together or just do commentary. Um, you're of course welcome whenever. Just uh, let very me much know. appreciate that. Yeah, I will definitely. Uh, summer is probably always better for that, but absolutely. And uh, and other ideas I've had for our, our network uh, in the gaming sphere is uh, I thought about hosting a Super Smash Brothers tournament. Oh, that'd be cool. And like people just sign up for a bracket, and then we do uh, basically at the beginning of each week we say, hey. Person A, person B, you're paired up. Have your match sometime this week. Send us the results and we'll update the bracket. Kind of have a best... Of, and it doesn't have to be Super Smash Brothers. It could be Mario Kart. But something like... I don't want to get into intense um, geek-to-geek media esports league kind of stuff. <laughs> I want to keep, your, it, keep it light and casual, you know? You don't want your big League of Legends matches? <laughs> yeah, we're not there yet. <laughs> Nor am I there yet. I, that League of that's one of the, that's one of those games that makes me feel old. Uh, so I was at Dragon Con uh-huh. and uh, they have a huge cosplay tournament. And I went to the video game cosplay tournament because they have so many cosplayers. They have separate tournaments just for categories of of nerddom. Mm-hmm. And my wife and I are sitting there, and like the. If the, of the top 10 people, seven of them were in costumes from games neither of us had played or knew anything about. I'm like, are we losing touch? <laughs> <laughs> uh, and it's funny because, you, like, they're hard games to learn anyway because they're they're just, like, there's no margin for error because there's so many good players out there that trying to come in as a, a new player, I feel, is so daunting. But we don't realize how much we know about games until we meet somebody or try and work with somebody who doesn't. Because there was a time when my husband was going to try and play video games with me. He's not. I I do not have the the spouse that plays video games with you. You do. You do. You are a very lucky man. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, I I tried to play i tried to teach him how to play heroes of the storm which is basically blizzard's version of league of legends and the reason why i was going to play that is there is a character that you can that's like a two-headed ogre where one person can drive the body and has their own abilities but then the other person just kind of you know throws spells in every direction and it's it's i figured this is a good way to introduce him because he could just be the turret and i'll be the tank and i'll you know, do all the, the, the movement for him. But the, the deal to get that character for free had passed like the week before, but he's like, well, we can try it out anyway. I'll just pick one of these characters trying to explain to somebody who's never gamed how to do a, a, a game like league of legends or heroes of the storm. It's like, it's like teaching chemistry, to a newborn 
And that's not trying to be like dismissive of people, but it's like they just don't have they don't have the awareness of like terms and things that are so easy for you. Like you don't realize that they don't have any reference point for it. They're just like, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know what that term means. And I was like, okay, I, I am a lot more advanced of a gamer than I ever thought I was because like, I, there was just no communicating to him what these things were. And I was just kind of shocked at the level of somebody who really does not play any video games to somebody who does it relatively casually, but has been doing it for a long time. Oh yeah, I mean, and man, that's that's a doozy of a starter game too. Because like, geez, I've been I've been gaming now for oh boy, over three decades, <laughs> mm-hmm. and uh, I still look at some of those uh, what do they call those mobas? Yeah, and I'm just like, what is even going on? <laughs> so I can't even imagine being being new to the medium, and uh, and that's where you start. Uh, just just I have to know how to like like fire off a, a power like was an entire lesson that had to be taught like because there's just no reference for it there's just no no comparative to anything he's experienced before and it kind of was a wake-up call of oh you know if we're gonna start we're gonna start with like really like we need to go back to mario <laughs> we need to go back to <laughs> mario and donkey kong yeah absolutely i i, I have to say uh Hearing you talk about your your husband a little bit, and you're like, oh, he's not really into games, and he's not really into anime. I'm I'm kind of in the back scheming, like, all right, I have to help Joe <laughs> drag his husband into these things. <laughs> many, like I'm already scheming, like, what's a good gateway game for Joe's husband? Many, many have tried, and you are more than welcome to make the attempt as well. I will. I, mean, I can always use the help. <laughs> I mean, I've got that grit factor we were talking about. I'll, I'll try many times unsuccessfully. <laughs> well, we will, we will start that. That'll, that can be another project for the, for the, the network, you know, getting, getting Matt to, to fully embrace his geekdom. Just as, yeah, that sounds like fun. Just, just this, this winter break. Um, I, because I'm a teacher and I teach on a, um, I teach a high school on a college campus and I had, it was very, actually very sweet. We have, college students come in and observe our classrooms all the time and they can be a little clueless and a little rude and you just kind of have to be patient because they're young and learning um but i had this one student who was very sweet very responsible she had to give a 20 minute lesson in my class so i'm like sure and on the day she was going to give her presentation she walks in with this giant picture like it's got to be i don't know two feet by a foot and a half and it's it's the Avengers, like all the way through Ant Man and and um, Black Panther, it's just all the Avengers in an action pose, and it's a 3D picture, like kind of like those old um, holograms that you would get on like like trading cards and stuff. It's really yeah. cool. It's really really cool. And so I bring it home, and he kind of looks at it like, "What is that doing in my house?" <laughs> and um, <laughs> and he and like so it's sitting on my desk it was sitting on my desk just kind of leaning up against the wall and I'm like I'll find something to do with it it probably'll end up in a closet but he was like you know what why don't we put it on the wall over here and I'm like you're gonna let us put up like <laughs> Avengers art on the yes please so I'm starting I'm starting to break him down like I will eventually have my geek cave and it'll be wonderful 
I was just about to ask you where you guys stand on geek uh, decor because that that is one of those things is like a a married couple, um, regardless of whether you're equally geeky or one is geekier than the other. Like I know, like my I used to have like posters and all kinds of when I was a single guy, all kinds of dumb stuff all over the place and my wife is much more restrained about that sort of stuff. But now we kind of have like the computer room where all of the little figurines and all like kind of, that's where the geek mm-hmm. flag flies, you know? Well, he's like, I've, I've, I've just slowly worn him down. Cause the first he likes um, an artist named shag. I don't know if you're familiar with him, but he's got these very bold, bold prints. Um, we live in Palm Springs and he does a lot of Palm Springs themed stuff. And, um, I, I actually earned major brownie points on our third date when I, I went to go pick him up at his apartment and I was like, Oh, you have a shag. And he was like, you know who shag is? And it was like, I was like, nice. yes. Brownie <laughs> point. Um, so we were at a comic book convention and you know, I'm dragging him kicking and screaming to this thing. And, but he's going to go because he's going to be, you know, a good soldier. And we bought a, an Avengers print that wasn't shag, but it was kind of in that style. And that was the, that was the first thing that went up, and then mm-hmm. I was like, I love Scooby Doo, and I, I don't, I didn't want to get like crazy into pop figures, but I, I wanted my Scooby Doo pop figures, so I put those on the top of my computer, and then his mom gets us calendars every year, and so she started getting me like Marvel calendars, and so slowly, like thing by thing slowly working my way into the office and getting it like he actually gave me for christmas four harry potter pop figures so i'm like okay all right nice. we're, we're gonna do this <laughs> do you do you decorate your your office at work with geeky stuff i've noticed that's a uh, among geeks like there are some people that like sort of have a little wink and a nod geeky thing other people that go all out um at work, I'm kind of like a, a closet geek. Like you, I have the most boring businessman desk ever. Yeah, uh, I actually did set it up this year, but um, I have a very high um, window in the back of my classroom. And so I would keep – like kids will give you pop figures. Um, I have different things that I've collected over the years. So I just had this kind of whole little shelf – I take it down every summer because they come and clean and I don't want them to mess up my stuff. And I, I didn't ever get a chance to put it back up this year, but, um, but I have that, I have some X-Men posters up and I have some, uh, I have an old Disneyland map back before Toontown was even, uh, a land in Disneyland and, um, just all these little things, references of things I like so that the kids will say, Oh, Hey, you like this? And then you can start a conversation and, um, and then two doors down is a good friend of mine. He was actually on one of the very first episodes, my friend, Sean Daly, Ray, and I talk about him all the time. And, uh, he has all his pop figures on the windowsill that faces out towards the quad. So, you know, there's definitely little pockets of, of geekiness all over our campus, which is kind of fun. That's pretty cool. I've, I say I don't really do geeky stuff at my desk cause I, I'm always concerned being one of the, the younger people in my field that like anything that will draw attention to my age or make me come across as childish will be like, well, this guy has a Gundam robot figurine on his desk. Uh, that's a toy. Clearly we shouldn't take him seriously when he 
recommends this engineering thing, you know? So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I found that I've kind of like toned that stuff down, but at the same time I have, I have a coworker. She has like this one little, uh, like, uh, you, you're familiar with Hayao Miyazaki, like my neighbor Totoro, yes, all those yes, kind of yes. classic, uh, mm-hmm. anime films. She has like this one little tiny patch in the very corner of her desk. I remember seeing that and being like, Ooh, I think I got a friend here, you know? Uh-huh, uh-huh. So like now, like in the lunchroom, kind of like when no one else is like listening, we'll talk about cosplay stuff and anime stuff. Like having a little nerdy confidant is kind of cool. Well, and my, 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 when you, when you, when you're, when you're gay and you like, there's that whole, like you're used to kind of protecting yourself from people knowing too much about you until you're mm-hmm. comfortable with them. And, um, and so my husband would be like, you always wear these like graphic tees and you're always getting comments on them. Like that doesn't bother you. And I was like, no, I wear them to find my tribe. <laughs> like if I'm walking around, I have a, I just bought a, or I just got for, for Christmas for my students, a Harry Potter t-shirt that has a, an eagle, a, their cartoon eagle, cartoon badger, and then a lion and a snake fighting with each other. And the eagle saying to the badger, "Oh, just let him go." And it's a very like it's it's obviously Harry Potter to somebody who likes Harry Potter, but to somebody else, it's just like, "Oh, he's got cute animals on his shirt." But when that person comes up and goes, "Oh, I love that Harry Potter shirt," you're like, "Yes, they they knew what it was." Well, <laughs> little secret code. Because uh, I was about to say, I would totally miss that. That's another one of my geeky blind spots. I I somehow missed Harry Potter. So I would have just be like, oh, that's a cool, cool lion and a cool snake on that guy's shirt. And that would be about it for me. All right. So Jay and Ray, we now have we now have two that Katie and I, Katie, Rob and I will have to uh, initiate (laughs) into the into the Harry Potter tribe. I've been trying recently. Uh, Last year, actually, I read the first two books in the Harry Potter series. And I just remember being like, man, these are really good. I, but I wish I would have read them when I was like 12. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, kid me would have had his mind blown by this. Yeah. Yeah. It is. It does get harder the older you get. You get a little further away. I know I read the fifth book, which has this horrible teacher in it who's just cruel and awful. And um, when I was, you know, in my early 20s and reading it, I was like, well, this person's terrible. I'm like siding with the kids and this is this is awful. And then I went back and reread it as an adult and as a teacher, I'm like, well, this is just not very good pedagogy. <laughs> this is terrible. <laughs> um, well, cool. Jay, thank you so much for hanging out with me this evening. I hope I haven't like kept you up too late. Cause I know there's entire three hours <laughs> difference from where we are right now. Oh, it's fine. If, if, if this was a streaming night for me, I would still be on for another 30 minutes. So the, the Mountain Dew hasn't worn off yet. So I'm all right. <laughs> nice. Nice. Any shout outs this week? Uh, yeah, I want to give a shout out to, uh, some of my fellow streamers out there. Um, first and foremost, Troidal Power, who's also on the geek to geek network. He has a great stream. Um, I also want to give shout outs and if people are looking for other streams to follow to Hungry Goria, Pixel Crash Gaming. And, uh, those are two that I, I, I follow when like, I'm like, what should I do with my stream next? And they're just a, a wellspring of ideas and generally just genuinely nice people. And I uh, give a shout out to two bloggers as well. There's Apricot Sushi and her blog, The uh, Chic Pixel. 
great blog about anime, Japanese, nerdy stuff. That's really cool. And another one is called The Gay Gamer. The Gay Gamer is probably the nicest person that exists on the internet. Like you're talking, we were talking about toxicity a little bit before. And some of these people I'm naming off here when I start to, you know, if you're, if you're following the news about games or some of the stuff that will be trending on Twitter and you get kind of down about it, I check in with any of these, these people I'm giving shout outs to. And it's just like the toxicity just all clears away. So that's there's awesome. still some awesome folks out there. So I wanted to give them shout out. Yeah, I love, I love the fact that there's people kind of providing the light in the storm. <laughs> um, I want to give a shout out to uh, Bish from the geek to geek podcast, because um, if you don't know this, uh, he does all of our backend stuff. So he's got, he does the, the major, I mean, we, most of us have our own website, but he has the, the geek to geek site that kind of connects us all. And he, he keeps a lot of our, our backend stuff working. And I don't know that we give him enough love for that because I don't think it's anything the rest of us want to do. So a big shout out to Beige because we love him and he is always doing great things for us and we don't even have to ask. They just happen and it's awesome. Um, I don't have a topic for next week. Uh, I'm going to see if we can get Troidal Power on, but um, I'm still, I'm still Rayless. He's in New Orleans um, recruiting young artists to his college. So um, I'm going to see if we can get Troidal Power. And if not, we'll, we'll find somebody. We'll find somebody and have something good for you. All the music in this episode is by Ben Sound and is being used under a Creative Commons license. You can find more music by Ben Sound at bensound.com. Geektitude is a proud member of the geek to geek Media Network. Check out other geek to geek shows such as the geek to geek Podcast, Geek Fitness, and Tea Time with Katie and Chelsea. Also, check out our new streamers. Capsule J, of course, and Troidal Power. Uh, they're on Twitch. We'll give you the, uh, Jay's stuff in a second. Uh, make sure to join our Reddit community at r forward slash geek to geek cast where you can participate in things like our uh, anime club, also run by Jay. Uh, you can currently find us at geektitude.com as well as on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, and most other podcatchers out there. Please leave us a review and spread the word. If you'd like to contact me, you can send me an email at joehogan at geektitude.com. You can also follow the show on Twitter at Geektitude or me personally at Epic Grays. Jay, where can we find you? So the, the best place to find me is Twitter. I'm on there all the time. I'm at Capsule J. That's C-A-P-S-U-L-E-J-A-Y. And I'm also by that same name on Twitch and YouTube. Uh, the YouTube is mostly a archive of my Twitch streams. So if you ever see that I posted a stream and then you didn't have a chance to tune into it live, check out YouTube and you can find it there. I also have a blog. It's called Tales from the Backlog, and you can find it from talesfrombacklog.blogspot.com. One of these days, I'm going to buy my own domain, but for now, I have that blog spot. So check that out for any of my gaming writing. And uh, I want to say on the Geek2Geek Network, we have a new shared URL for all of our content that Bij put together. Is it mm-hmm. geek2geekmedia.net or .com? I believe so. I think he just sent it through today, didn't he? Yeah. Um, I was actually just updating my Twitch page to have links to that and they plug you guys. So, um, yeah, thanks to him for putting that together. And, uh, I want to say a big thanks to you, man, for having me on. This has been a lot of fun. I was kind of nervous about doing a podcast, uh, for the first time and 
this has been been just easy and, and a delight really so oh, thanks good. so much good that's what we try for <laughs> that's what we try for um, great and it's so great to have you and I'm, I'm looking forward to you being part of the network I think we're we're, we're headed towards good things all right folks well that's it for this week and until next time remember keep it geek the red legion took away our home dominus gaul has stolen our light but from the ashes a fire team of guardians rise to guardian down wait wait wait. who was that Uh, titan no jump good this is Happy Hour from the Tower. I'm T. I'm Nick. I'm Brandon. And we're going to talk about all things Destiny. Why we play. Why we love punching aliens in the face. And why T's aim needs a little bit of work. Have you got that? Say you've got it. See something! A podcast for players of all levels. Find Happy Hour from the Tower on iTunes, Stitcher, or at happyhourfromthetower.com. Eyes up, Guardian. Time to give up the ghost. It's Happy Hour from the Tower. First round's on us. theme song means it is once again time to promo the Geek Wolf Pack podcast. I'm your Papa Wolf, Nick Kelly. And I'm your Mama Wolf, Stacia Kelly. And I'm Thermal Wolf, Brandon Kelly. Here on the podcast, we're just a couple of generations geeking out and sharing what we think we think. We'll share the latest nerd news and sci-fi happenings. Looking for life hacks? I'll tell you if there's an app for that. And I'll give you the latest from a gamer's point of view. Plus, every episode includes some of what we like to call ADHD D&D. I'm a healer, and I killed a dragon. Spoilers. (laughs) Spoilers. <laughs> so join us here at the Geek Wolfpack Podcast. Join us on iTunes, Stitcher, Blueberry, or wherever you find your podcasts, or simply at geekwolfpackpodcast.com. And as always, geek out.